Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Superpower Success Podcast. You are in for a treat. I have Kelly Aronson here. She is the Chief Information Officer, CIO at Anderson Corporation. And she sat on our panel for culture um, a couple months ago now, and I was so impressed by her. I approached her afterwards and said, you have to be on my podcast because just the way you think as a leader, you know, how you're vulnerable and just kind of share um, your journey, right? And the things you've done right and the things maybe you haven't done so right. I just knew you'd be a perfect guest for what we talk about here, right? And the message we're trying to send here is that it's a journey, right? As a leader, we're always learning. And so I just want to say thank you in your busy schedule for taking time to be part of this podcast, Kelly. Absolutely, Jamie. I think I shared with you that it's been a goal of mine to be on a podcast and I feel like I've arrived. This is my very first podcast. I am an avid podcast listener, so it's exciting to be on the other side of the experience. I'm looking forward to our discussion. I say we flip the mic, right? You're on the other side now. (laughs) I love it. So if you just start, you know, we don't do bios. We don't do, we just like leaders to just share their journeys. What, you know, what's gotten you to this point in your success. So tell us a little bit about your story and and how you've gotten here today. Absolutely. Well, you know, my story, when I really think about it starts uh, in my childhood. So growing up, I had a mom who stayed home with me and my brother and sister while we were growing up. And when I was in fifth grade, uh, she decided to get a job and she got a job at our school, which we had mixed feelings about seeing mom (laughs) at school. Um, But she got a job because they were looking for the first person who could sit and be the monitor for their very first computer lab. And so my mom then became our computer lab monitor at school. And for the next uh, remainder of my years in school, Um, progressively became more and more involved in setting up computers and networking for the school district that she worked for. And so I unofficially became her apprentice and shadow and we learned together. And so it was really as computers were progressing, coming into the classroom, they were getting online. We would have the only computer in the neighborhood over the summer, everyone would come over to play Oregon Trail and number munchers. Um, We were the first one to have a network connection to Prodigy, if anyone remembers Mm -hmm. that. And so I did not know at the time that this was really setting a foundation for me in a just natural and avid curiosity for technology and how it interacted with the world we live in. And so fast forward to uh, college and I'm just doing a a liberal arts general degree, not knowing what I want to do. And I ended up interviewing with Anderson Consulting and Um, Got my first job out of college as a technology consultant, and I really leaned into all of that experience that I gained with my mom growing up. And ever since then, I guess the rest is history. Um, So much of it for me has just, again, been about learning that insatiable curiosity, thinking about how digital and technology can shape our experiences. And for me, it's always been about learning that next big thing, uh, creating experiences. And for me, it's never really been about a particular title or role or job, but just pushing myself and really uh, driving myself to deliver 
uh, with, you know, amazing teams, these really exciting experiences. Yeah. You use that word curiosity um, a number of times. And this is, I was just having a conversation with some leaders last week about that word curiosity in the world we're in right now, right? Is probably a saving grace for people that have it because when things are in crisis mode, you can just lean on, well, let's get curious about it, right? Like what could it be? And maybe it's not as bad as it thought, right? Like that curiosity can actually kind of fuel your soul when your soul feels a little bit depleted. So I think that's such a strong, um, a strong um, thing for any leader to have right now, especially when you look back, especially over your career, is there a specific leader or a leadership moment, right? That moment where you're like, that's what it's like to be a leader or that's what it means. Like, do you, do you remember any moments that kind of shaped you as a leader? I do. I, I remember thinking about this particular moment at the time. And it's funny because it had to have been at least 15 years ago. And I remember I was working at uh, a, a company in Egan and I walked into a room and I had just been in uh, a business analyst role for a, a year or so. And in walked uh, this senior leader, the senior vice president of customer experience for the company. And I remember for some reason it being the first real vivid memory I have of a female executive leader and being in her presence Mm -hmm. and just how she walked in. And it was all about the connections and the relationships and just the air she had about her, which was a mix of warmth and confidence and how she took time to walk up to almost every single person in that room and really greet them and learn about them and lean into them. And it just made a really indelible mark on me. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking that's the type of leader I want to be. I want to be that leader who's really focused on making people feel seen and valuing relationships and having that um, warm confidence. So I think it's always, you know, confidence is a tricky thing. You have to have that in a genuine way. Um, but when you do, I think it's really powerful. And for some reason, that moment stuck with me. And I just started at that point to start filing away those people that exhibited leadership traits that I looked up to. And I think leadership is a really personal thing. You can't become someone that you're not, but you can bring out those qualities in you. And by seeing them in action in someone else, I think it gives you a really clear aspiration. Right. And there's, you're right. There's a fine line of, because I learned this lesson early is that leader is really successful. So I'm going to lead like them when it's not who you actually are. Right. right? It's just, so you show up, people don't trust you in the same way because you're kind of clunky, right. And inauthentic. And I think it takes time, right. To, to, like you said, curate those different tools or those different things, qualities that you've seen and kind of create your own leadership style because there's no right one. But thinking about that story of that, the female leader, how often we walk into rooms, right? Are we in an event or, and we have that impact on others and we have no idea. I, I call it kind of the invisible ripple effect, right. right? Like she may never know that level of impact she had and that you're sharing it on a podcast 15 years later. Exactly. But, right. But it's very yeah. powerful. And so as leaders, every single room we walk into, we have a decision to make on what kind of ripple effect we're going to have. And as we all know, some days it's not the one we want, right? And and, and that just happens. Think uh, about that a lot. I think it's a blessing and a curse. We have this um, really big responsibility. And I think sometimes when you're 
um, in a smaller minority in leadership, like female leaders or any other, um, maybe less represented, you have that even bigger burden of you're representing something bigger than yourself. And I take that really seriously. Um, but we're also human. And so <laughs> how do you how do you create that experience you want and really set yourself up to high standards, but then still have the humility and grace to know that you have some bad days? Yeah. So describe for me the leader that you are today. Like, it, you know, your leadership strengths, your superpowers, like what would others say about you? Like, how would you describe your leadership when you walk into a room like that? What I like to think is that my how I approach leadership and my leadership style is really no different than who I am as a core, as a person, which is to really aim to live and lead authentically, really in alignment with my values, leading with humility and grace. And I think above everything else, be kind. And it sounds really simple, but there's moments where um, you can forget that that's like your true north. And so for me, it's how do you give out the energy that you want to receive I think I'm really relationship focused. Um, I work really hard to be accessible, um, to be there for my team, to create really personal relationships to every, you know, with, with everyone that I work with. Um, and just making it a priority to make my team members, my peers and my colleagues feel valued and heard. I am not sure what my superpower is, but I knew you were going to ask me. So I asked around. <laughs> I love it. I got two different kinds of answers. So I think one on, on the work front, and I think part of a superpower is you just take it for granted that you have that capability and you don't always real, realize that that might be unique to you. So one I have heard a lot throughout my career is just uh, being that great translator, being the person that can take a business problem and translate it into what is that technology solution, and also being that person that understands the technology, how it works and how it operates, but can explain it to a business audience in business terms. So I do think, you know, from very early on in my career and being a communications major, that that communication capability and translation capability has not just helped me, but helped the organizations I've been part of really see the value in having a strategic partnership with IT. I think a more personal superpower might be that I always get called the Energizer Bunny. Um, I have a lot of energy. <laughs> um, I, But I think even with that, it's super intentional. So I spent a lot of time visualizing and mapping out my week. What do I want to accomplish my day? being intentional on where I am each day so that I can make the most out of that day, place value in getting time to work out, spend time with my family and relationships. And there is no perfect balance. And I am not here to say that I have figured out some magical working mom <laughs> hack, but I just think it's really about being intentional. And then the more energy you bring, I think the more you receive. And so I always try to be the light in the room, be the energy and try to remain positive, uh, even in challenging situations. I love that. What do you feel like is the biggest challenge that you're facing as a leader in your role, right? Or just in this environment we're in? Like, what's the biggest challenge for you right now? I think the biggest challenge is that we're, you know, one is really tactical in terms of the time we're in. So it's a challenging time. It's a challenging year. I think uncertainty and unpredictability just make for challenging times. So I think 
the economy is unpredictable, how that's going to translate into my own, you know, our own business is unpredictable. Um, a lot of the world around us is unpredictable. So that can be very unsettling. I think, you know, the challenge I have with that sometimes is I always want to do more and deliver more. And I see all of the opportunity uh, that we can do with bringing these digital and technology solutions to life, but it just takes time. And so I have to be patient and know that the more we create and build, the bigger the ship is that we're trying to drive and steer and turn. And so it's that balance of how do you deliver value incrementally, uh, but towards a bigger cause and your work is never done. And so that's the <laughs> exciting part, but it also can be hard for, for someone that likes to move fast. Um, they they joke at work, one of my nicknames is K-Train. You either get on the K-Train or <laughs> step aside because it's coming through. And so I, you know, it's in jest, but that's because I like to get everyone on board and get them to the destination. And so it's just about balance. And there's times in uh, my career with my role and then times just economically or situationally where you have to slow down a little bit. And so I think for me, it's just calibrating and meeting the moment. Right. I talk about, cause I, balance, I think is also, it's not something you can strive for. Cause it's like a teeter totter that you're never right. You're going to get a good ab workout and that's about it. Um, is, is choice and there's seasons. And that's what I kind of hear you saying is, is, and I think there's a lot of leaders right now that are in over the past two years are trying to figure out, make different choices than they maybe made in the past. And that's okay. Because right. you have that season of you can make the choice for your career and to push really hard right now because it's something you're passionate about, or you can make the choice to step back, right? And spend a bit more time with your family, right? And, and ease some of your pace at work. And there's nothing's wrong because you always have the opportunity to make another choice. Right, right. And I think that's really important to feel empowered right. um, to make that choice. I, I, you know, try to encourage people to think of it that way. A lot of times it can feel like your life is running you instead of you're running your life. And I think it's really important to remember no matter what, you're in the driver's seat and you're in control. Right, right. So you sat on our culture panel and did an amazing job and just really talked about, first off, how you navigated, right? The last three years and helping, like you said, the uncertainty and just people's energy and keeping them going. Um, you know, if you're gonna, you know, the leaders that are listening, everybody's kind of struggling this right now. What guidance would you give them around culture, right? And around an approach that just really can help your team navigate a very uncertain business climate. You know, I remember talking at that panel and one thing that seemed to resonate was as leaders, we take on so much emotional energy for our team and our colleagues. And we're trying to be that beacon of hope. We're trying to be positive. We're trying to um, give clarity and meaning in the midst of a lot of uncertainty. And so I think the greatest thing that we can do as leaders is find ways to support ourselves because if you don't, it's going to um, come toppling pretty quickly. I think it's about how do you give yourself um, space and grace? How do you find someone else to talk to? Maybe it's a, a peer outside of the organization. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe um, it is uh, a former uh, boss or whatever it is so that you have that outlet because I think we we absorb so much. And you know, it, it does get lonely when you are absorbing all of that and you don't have an outlet. So I think it's about to bring your best self to work and to continue to be that beacon of hope. How do you get your energy and who can you talk to to also get um, 
some support, some coaching and some positivity along the way. Yeah, it's the analogy of put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Before you're going to do anything to help anybody else. Right, right. And that's so true right now. Um, what's a, a leadership, any any leadership tips right now, even if they're simple, right? You've kind of talked about how you communicate and things like that. Anything you're finding success with your team right now, you're like, wow, we decided to do this. And it's, it's you know, it, it's changed. It, it's really helped. Right. I'm surprised. Right. You know, I think, I think you kind of alluded to it. I think it's about keep it simple. You know, like what are your, what are your primary goals for the year? How are you going to get back to basics? How are you going to measure your success? I think it sounds so obvious, but we can get really absorbed in the minutia or the 87 projects or the 150 initiatives that you have to take a step back and look at it. And I think, you know, some of it's, back to basics on things like meeting hygiene, starting and ending meetings on time, doing an evaluation of your calendar. Am I really needed in all of these meetings? Um, setting expectations, you know, on what you expect going into a meeting, being really clear about, is this an inform? Is this something to ask? Um, am I asking for something? And again, I feel like it sounds a little uh, tactical and basic, but I don't think we practice that enough. And I always think the beginning of the year is the perfect time to just take a step back and think about, and again, this goes back to energy and tension and how you get the most out of your day and your week is, are these things that I'm doing and all of these meetings I'm going to and the events that I'm assigned to and the work, are they serving me? And I think you have to decide that. No one else is going to decide that for you. And so I've been practicing that going into January, kind of looking ahead. You know, um, I I think sometimes it's overused to say, you know, you, you start saying no or just say no. I want to say yes, but I want to say yes to the right things. And that requires some intention in creating that space. So right. I think, you know, 2023 for me and my team, we've been leaning into how do we get back to basics? How do we think about this is going to be a really uncertain year. How do we really anchor to those things that are the most important for us? So when we look back, we think, yep, we were really clear about what we wanted to accomplish and we got there. I love it. We talk a lot with um, with leaders that we coach about doing energy audits, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? Looking at your calendar for a week mm -hmm. and really starting to plot, like when was I high energy? When was I low energy? And what was I doing during that time? Because that tells you everything about what you should be delegating off because that right. might give someone else energy, right? And it doesn't give you energy anymore, even if it did at one point. And I think we hang on to that meeting or that I'm supposed to right. be in that and, right. and it, it sucks us dry. Yeah, absolutely. And we feel bad. We're like, oh, I don't want to let that person down. But if you're clear with them and say, what is your role for me here? A lot of times just asking that question, either you're going to realize your role is no longer needed or it's a good conversation about what they're expecting for you in that moment. And then you can, you know, a lot of times make sure that you're showing up that way. And oftentimes with just asking that question makes them pause because the meeting hygiene is so true just because you were on a meeting a year and a half ago and no one's ever removed you. Right. Or these meetings just get out of right. control and no one's really questioned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You right. probably don't need to be there anymore. Right. And I think we just, we let other people dictate our time, right. And where our energy and time goes. So it's so true. Yeah. Okay, one last question. We've talked about a lot here. And for the leaders that are listening, right, talking about keeping it simple. What's one thing as they start the year? What's one thing that you would leave them with that you would say, just do this or think about this? Oh, Jamie, that's hard. That's I know, <laughs> one is hard. I know. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I think we've talked a lot about it. You know, some of it just comes back to this, keeping it simple. Um, some of it comes back to your energy audit. Some of it comes back to what, what is it that you're really trying to accomplish? So I think, you know, for me, it would be don't, don't lose this moment. I think January gives us, I, I'm not, you know, it's not necessarily a new year's resolution, but January is the beginning of a chapter. If anything, don't miss the moment to really do what we've talked about, which is to take a step back, look at all of your roles, uh, whether that's work, family, home, uh, the things that you want to accomplish and really set up an intentional plan for you to succeed. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, 57 new habits. It doesn't have to be New Year's resolutions. It's really just about what are those guideposts for your success in 2023? And what do you need to do to create space to succeed in that? And it, again, it sounds simple, but I think building that practice in, whether you do it now in January and then you keep doing it every Sunday mm -hmm. um, or you do it at the beginning of your day, the more you set those intentions, I think the stronger the rewards that you reap. I love it. What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Right? It's just that Sorry. constant assessment of that. Okay. Perfect. So I want to go into the bonus round, right? Okay. These are a little more fun okay. um, just to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, we'll do three of them. So I'm going to start with a little bit late. What makes you laugh? So you say you're the energizer bunny, the optimist. What makes you like belly laugh? I think it's my kids. I think they are just so funny, whether they're trying to be or not. And they keep me entertained. They keep me on my toes. They give me new phrases that I try out at work. Some some work well, some do not land. Um, but they, you know, I, we we have kids, uh, four kids at home across a, a pretty big age range. And so just watching them interact and, and hearing about what's happening with them makes me laugh pretty hard. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, you talked a lot about kind of your routine and working out, you know, the things in your life. What's we believe to lead well, you need to be well, you need to be your own chief energy officer, right? So what's one thing you do consistently that helps you manage your own energy? I love that. I'm going to start using chief energy officer. <laughs> I want to be. Um, I am very into uh, living well and being well, because it makes me my best self. So I think um, I was realizing around September that I was not getting to my time to work out uh, the way I wanted to. I think um, during COVID, there were it actually gave me some greater opportunities to find time and space to work out. And as I got back to a really hectic work schedule, I took pause and, and stock and thought, I, I'm missing this and it's preventing me from being my best self. For me, it's my meditation. It's my prayer. It is my anchor. And so um, I've lived over, you know, 40 some years of my life, not as a huge morning person, but I changed uh, myself on September 1st, and decided that the very first thing I want to do every single morning is work out or get on my treadmill or do something. And it's not it doesn't have to be intense. But I think it's about protecting your time and space and energy. And so I would like to say I've been at least 90% consistent um, since then. And it's really changed my life. I was always good about finding time to do it. But when you start your day with it and you really, kind, it's almost like you cleanse your energy and you're taking, 
the first thing you're telling yourself that day is I'm taking time for me and listening to what I need and what I want. It's really fundamentally changed kind of how I approach each day. And if I, I didn't even think I could get more energy, but I have more energy now since I've been doing this because it's just, again, it's like a, it's really an intentional way to start my day. Yeah. And I mean, science proves, right. The brain chemicals and everything that you're talking about, it's there. I mean, and it really does help. And you can tell when you get off your rhythm, right. If you go for for a couple days and you like, it, that's a sign. It's a good habit. Um, So the last question I want to just get your thoughts on, what do you hope or think the world's going to look like in five years, specifically as a leader, as a parent, like, what do you hope the world looks like? That's deep. For me, I was Yesterday, I was at a Martin Luther King Jr. event. So I have peace and justice on my mind a lot. I think, you know, for me, there are these, you know, compelling truths and these compelling goals of striving for a world in which we have more peace and justice. And it's never, you know, some of that isn't, isn't you know, a big goal. But I think if we can keep moving towards that, or how can I personally influence or how can my actions, uh, the, the phrase they used yesterday was really like bend the arc towards the light of justice. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it can feel really overwhelming to think, what can I do as a person or um, I, you know, how can I spend all day, every day working on that? And I think it's just in these small acts of what are you contributing? How do you show up and how do you lead the way um, for those things that really fundamentally come down to creating a world where people have the opportunity to succeed. Yeah. I love, I love the peace and justice space and it's, it's listening and softening our judgment because we all have judgments, right? It doesn't matter where we come from, right? We judge everything around us. And I think listening to each other to not because we have to believe the exact same thing, right? right? But I can soften the edges of my judgment by just understanding your perspective. I think it's about creating that environment where people have that freedom to express themselves, um, where people feel safe, where they see that you are striving towards uh, creating an environment um, where people feel seen and heard and included. And those are important things we can do in all aspects of our life. What a beautiful way to end the podcast. So I have to say, Miss um, Kelly, like you, you, you feel like a pro and I think people oh, listening wow. <laughs> or not would not have known this was your first podcast. So thank you for coming on first and foremost, because I know this is, if you haven't done it before, it can be nerve wracking, but just coming on and being vulnerable. That, that's why I wanted you on here. Cause leaders who are willing to just say, Hey, right. Here's what I've done. Well, like, you know, it's all, we're all a work in progress are the ones that give everyone else the space to learn and make mistakes and, and get better. And, and I can just tell in your organization, that's the type of leader you are. And I love you now being able to be an influence on our community. So thank you for that. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you for having me and inviting me. I felt um, honored to be part of it. You made it easy. Uh, it felt like a conversation. I really enjoyed what we talked about and I hope it resonates with people that are listening. So thank you for asking the questions and giving me the opportunity to weigh in. Awesome. And to the community, right? The listeners, thank you for continuing to engage. It really is a community of people who want to get better, who want to learn. 
from people like Kelly. Um, and, and I think that's how we all get better. It's how we change the world. It's how we make the world a better place is by all of us having that awareness and, and that curiosity of what can I do differently today, tomorrow, next week. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks everybody. And more podcasts to come this year. We have got a great lineup for you. So, so make sure and subscribe um, and stay connected with us. Thanks everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.